2019 has finished. 2020 is about to begin. So what better way to reflect on the year that's just been and also to ring in the new year than go through a little year in review? What we learned, myself and Rach, my, Rachel's my girlfriend, or may, maybe my there's a partner. I mean, what age do you get to when you stop saying girlfriend? Like, if I see someone who's 50 saying, oh, this is my girlfriend, I think, really? Is it? Well, then when you say partner, it seems like it's your business partner. So I don't know, but Rach is my other. She's my my love. <laughs> I said it. And um, yeah, my, myself and Rach are going to take you through what we learned in 2019 in chronological order. So from January to December, the important parts, the highs, the lows, but ultimately what we can learn from all of that. And hopefully it adds value to your life. If it does, you can support this podcast in a few different ways. Leave a review on iTunes is the first option. You could tell a friend or share it on social media. And you can support via the website donor box. You can just click the link in my my show notes. Or you can find it on my website, Kevin Boy Yoga, under support. And any sum is much appreciated and that would be fantastic. Um, if you'd like any uh, information, any questions, any uh, comments you'd like to make, feel free to get in touch with me um, via my Instagram. is normally the best. Or you can send us an email if you like. So without further ado, here is myself and Rach. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, it sounds weird. To it's weird, isn't it? It's like echoey. All right, we're live, Rach. Oh. Yeah, people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore the cameras. <laughs> okay. It's, this so is, it's really fancy in here since the last time I've been up here. Yeah. Um, we've got to say, because this is going to come out Thursday, so so Happy New Year. Happy New we've Year. We've got to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's New Year's Eve now as we're, as we're recording this. And I thought it would be a good idea to do uh, a year in review. I did this last year, but it was just me. And... Um, what the important parts of the year and what we learnt from the year because I think that this year's been important for me there's been a lot of firsts but it's been um, pretty important for you too wouldn't you say? Yes. And I think that um, what you've ex- you're playing footsie with me aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> My dear God. Uh, okay. <laughs> So what what's I think important important about your journey is that you've you've gone from um, working in an office to doing what you you really want to do, and I'm doing what I really want to do now. I've been doing it for a while, and I've um, progressed. Progressed exactly. So we're at, we're at different we're at different stages. Um, would you say that's a fair? Uh, what's the word? Analysis. Analysis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to be technical about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you're doing what you love to do, and you're further ahead on the mm-hmm. journey, and I'm trying to catch up. Slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Even though it feels like massive leaps, you know. Um, for you. Yeah, because if I take the first six months of the year, mm-hmm. it was a case of um, working and then 
doing cor- a course part-time and, you know, nothing really had changed. And then the second half of the year, I just, st- everything just swapped and everything just accelerated massively. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm catching up quick. Enough. Yeah. So give us a little, because we went, to, let's start from the beginning, which is the best place to start, I suppose. Went well, to nothing really exciting happened to us until we went to Bali, which was April. <laughs> <laughs> so was that April? Yeah. So the first couple of months, uh, what else happened at the start of the year? April. We went to Bali in April. Yeah, we went to the start of April. Uh, yeah, we we did actually a podcast about it. I think it was episode fifty three about our our experience in in Bali. And um, but before, in case you didn't listen to that episode. Listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to it. But the, the biggest takeaway from that is, and uh, is, don't book flights through Skyscanner. Yeah, that's what we learned big time. I'm, I, I, I tr- I've kind of wiped that out of my mind now. But I've, I think we lost maybe th- three grand. About that, two and a half grand. We got some back. We, we got, I think we lost about two grand. Yeah. yeah. So the story is. If it just if you you can be bothered to listen to that episode, quick recap. <laughs> a quick recap. I mean, loads of great things happened in Bali, and we had a great time. And it was my our first holiday together, and I think that's a big deal because Rach, we moved in together November twenty seventeen, no twenty eighteen, sorry, mm. and then four months later. Now bear in mind that we only met a month before, about two months before, a month before that. No, we met in July. First no, date no, was yeah, July. July. First date was July thirteenth, and um, and then you moved in in November, which is pretty pretty quick. And then we went on holiday, our first holiday together in April the following year, so that was this year. We kind of did it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, so loads of great stuff happened in Bali, um, and it was a, a fun time. But I think it's only fair to give advice to people and where they, things they need to look mm-hmm. out for. What happened? We I mean, I've used Skyscanner loads when I uh, booking flights England to Ireland to short short flights. I know it's going through Ryanair and they get a bit of a commission. Skyscanner doing that's fair enough. But, but it's w- handy when you're lazy. It's handy <laughs> when you're lazy, <laughs> yeah. especially for this because, like, you do it when you go to America or anywhere. That's a big holiday as well because you have to do stopovers and you don't want to look at two different airlines and see if the flights match up it's a lot more effort mm, really. yeah. it's a lot of effort um so especially we're going to bali there's connecting flights so we thought right do it through skyscanner and long story short booked through skyscanner i got some sort of confirmation email like right yeah. fine we put that to the back of our mind it was six months before we actually were due to, or no about four months before we were due to go yeah but it's the back of mind and then maybe a week before the flight or maybe two days no it wasn't it was two days <laughs> two days because i said three days before i said i haven't gotten any confirmation you know check in online tomorrow that like ryanair or Aer Lingus normally do and i said okay well maybe it's a 24 hour it was actually the day before i think because i said oh maybe they only send it to you 24 hours before with this airline mm. and then it was the day before we were supposed to go and i was in work and i looked it up my god it was horrible um, I looked it up, realised that they'd cancelled their flights Yeah. Um, months beforehand. And I was like, my face drained. It was horrible. And you know when you're in the office and you're sitting there and we had an open plan office and I was right in the centre and I just felt like everybody's eyes were on me as my face just like dropped. We're not yeah. going. But uh, anyway, we had to rebook our flights and 
we lost a good bit of money. So that was something we learned this year. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and then I, I, oh, damn it. What was the name of the company that we, the intermediary company? Do you remember? Shit. Yeah. I, I can't remember the name, but they, we then called them. They have a help desk in Spain, I believe. And it was a disaster. I mean, the calling back, I was calling back and forth and people were passing me on, couldn't speak English. And then I, stupidly, I checked Trustpilot afterwards. Trustpilot is a great website. You put in any company and it'll tell you how trustworthy are they. And they had like half a star out of five. Uh, these guys, the reviews were, these guys scammed me. These guys, I lost three grand going here, there. <laughs> and we became one of those one of those people. We ended up calling, up calling up Emirates directly. And they said, oh, yeah, your flight was booked through this company. And then the next day they cancelled it. And they didn't notify you, mm. and um, yeah, essentially, I we, we think we got got some money back, but we actually got all our money back from them. But the problem was we had to then book our flight for the next day, so we had to book the day before, which then cost us like two and a half grand or something. But um, yeah. anyway, moral of the story is: if, look at the flights, look at the itinerary, look at the airlines, and then go to the airline website and, and book it. Mm. Um, but apart from, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so that's lesson one. <laughs> apart from that, but part of Bali was great. Um, and then when we came back from Bali, we, um, I suppose the most significant thing to me that happened in the, at the start of the year was I got um, asked to lead the teacher training for Yoga Hub. And that was a huge deal for me because, well, one, Whenever you're appointed something like that, you, it kind of validates you. It makes you feel a bit like you're doing something that's right. Mm. And I realized that I I like progression. I want progression. I want to, um, I, I, I love teaching public classes. In fact, you had, we had the last week off, not, mm. not working in, uh, for Christmas. And I thought, oh, great week off from teaching. And it was great for the first one or two days. <laughs> but after after that, I, I'm I'm happy to be back teaching and to be in front yeah. of people and to be with people. Yeah. I was getting cabin fever being at home yeah. so much. And it's it, not nice to have either extreme because you were working so mm. hard before that. Like you didn't have a day off for like a month or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, even though that's my choice, but still you you're kind of you're doing it all the time. And then when you realize you've got a bit of a break, you think, whoa, sweet, that's nice. Because it's kind of nice to break the cycle sometimes. Mm. But sometimes when you break the cycle, you realize you actually missed the cycle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I found. I, yeah. I missed it. And um, I, didn't, I didn't say this to you, but yesterday when I went back to teach the public classes, on my way to driving to the to yoga hub, I thought to myself, this isn't for me anymore. <clears throat> Teaching? Yeah, I, I, I think that sometimes I'm like, um, I get so full of self-doubt that I'm, I completely talk myself out of it. Um, and I was saying to myself... I don't think this is this is for me. I, I'm not. I, I don't know. I I because you're nervous or because you didn't want to. Um, because yeah, a little bit, a little bit of nervous because when you do something every day mm. and then you take a week, a break for a week, that feels like a long time. And you think, what have I forgotten? Things or mm. what if I don't? And what really do I have to add? But as I've talked about before, this is a cycle. And mm. if I teach a workshop, for example. The night before the workshop, I would think, no, I've got nothing to add here, nothing, no value to give. And then after the workshop, I think I'm on top of the world. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do loads more of these. I think with something like that as well, because you're, you know, leading, you're you're supposed to be the one in charge of the group. Um, 
the one giving advice, the one helping others, you know, mm. um, it's going to cause doubt all the time. Really. Yeah. And if you're doing it regularly, I suppose you feel a little bit more confident in it mm-hmm. because you're used to it and stuff like this. But yeah. yeah, exactly. That, that's if you were doing a workshop every weekend or every month, it would be um, it's uh, it becomes a easier. habit. Yeah, easier. But I, I think that is the. But I also think that breaking the cycle kind of gets you down a little bit. You know, um, at the start, you're like, woohoo, I've got to Are you talking about you personally? I don't know, I'm just talking in general. I think a lot of people feel like that. You know, um, the first little while, you've, you're like, great, um, I've got some time off, I've been working so hard, now I get to go out for drinks or go have lunch with this person or go have dinner. Um, and then after a while, it's a bit, what day is it? do I have a reason to get out of bed today because there's nothing on, you know? Yeah. And I don't I, I don't mean that, like, everybody gets into a, a depression or anything like that, but I mean, over time, the less you have to do, like, w- what is your motivation to go start your day if mm. you don't have anything to do, yeah. you know? And I think maybe, you know, people that are unemployed or, you know, stuff like this, mm-hmm. that over time, it's just, it gets you down a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And And also another thing is you think to yourself, all right, Christmas time. I'm really looking forward to spending time with my family. Ram Das said, who recently passed away a week ago, I believe, uh, maybe the week before that, he said, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. <laughs> and it's in, 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 so the way that you you see your parents, your mommy, dad, your sister, brothers, whatever, and you, um, you want to give them, it's so nice to see them, but then you realise, okay, um, I that's when the yoga comes in. It's <laughs> a bit overwhelming. You know? yeah, you're exactly. out of your routine. You're not used to seeing people all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it is nice to see people. You're used to like doing your own thing every day and then maybe meeting up with people once a week or something or mm-hmm. whatever amount of time. And then suddenly, boom, at Christmas, there's two weeks of everybody's off. You're seeing somebody nearly every day. Mm-hmm. You're also drinking a lot more. You're mm-hmm. eating badly. Mm-hmm. It's just... And, and also as well, like, as you said, you don't know what day it is. You don't have a routine, but you don't, I, I've become, I, what I found is I've become so identified to my, my job, my occupation, my, that it's become part of me. You know, mm. it's who I am now. Yeah. And when I'm with my mum and dad family, I'm Kev again. I'm the, the, the little boy. I'm the, the you know, the, I'm the son who <laughs> yeah. like, um, you know who who de- and I, who get I get who gets treated like that, which I love, yeah. but I'm not like um, you know. Uh, I'm not. Le- le- you're le- not leading the room. No, I'm not leading the room. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not leading the room. And this, this is funny because like when uh, Yoga Hub said to me, "We'd like you to lead the teacher training." I thought, "Lead? You know, I'm I'm a leader. <laughs> it's it, that doesn't that doesn't. I never felt like a leader in my life of anything really. Mm. When I worked in companies before. I would be the one trying to like um, doss off or like, you know, cut corners. And, and because I wasn't really into it, I didn't really know what a leader was. Mm. And what I've discovered, I mean, the teacher training started in September this year. Well, actually, you're kind of a social leader because you wanted to doss off and bring people with you. <laughs> <laughs> leading them same, astray. Yeah, leading them astray. Same with school. Leading them astray. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, um, and I, I what I realized when I started doing the teacher training was that I, the first weekend, as you know, I was a bag of nerves <clears throat> and I 
thought, okay, when I walk in there, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my bag here. I'm going to say this. Everyone's going to, I'm going to put people sitting like this and I, I'm going to be really in control of the situation. Yeah. And what I realized was trying to keep up that pretense of mm. I'm no way. I know what's going on all the time. Yeah. I know what's happening next, what we're supposed to do afterwards. Trying to keep that up was e- exhausting. Yeah. You were a bit of a crazy control freak <laughs> beforehand because I think it's just nervousness because you're like, yeah. if I'm fully in control of every single thing, then I'll know exactly what every nuance will be, what every out- possible outcome could be. Um, I'll know how to handle any sort of situation. So then you just over plan and you were actually, you're obviously very nervous because you were thinking about what way you're going to stand what way you'll turn your head when someone asks you a question, you know, practicing your speech and like talk to yourself, your the responses that people were going to give and your answers. So it was kind of funny. Mm. But then it wasn't so bad, of, you know, when you started, mm-hmm. you loved it. Yeah, it was, it wasn't so bad because what I realized was that, um, some, an effective leader is someone who lets other people be heard yeah. and is willing to, except when they're wrong or hear, or hear different viewpoints and understand that you are, um, they say leaders eat last. That's what they say in the military and in, in that in, like the Marines will say uh, com- um, officers eat last. You know, when you're leading people, you let other people be heard and you put your, you put them in front, in front of you. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I heard someone talk about the, um, that that shooting that was happening in Kenya. This sounds a bit dramatic, but like <laughs> the shit, the shooting that happened in shopping mall. Shopping I'm interested mall. to see the link. Yeah, the shopping mall in, in Kenya. This is a tenuous link, but um, and there was uh, it was quite unique because it was the first time that someone had actually taken photographs while the event was happening, as opposed mm-hmm. to the aftermath. As a photographer there, yeah. And one of the famous scenes that was posted by the New York Times was a mother jumping on her child, like not even thinking about it, just jumping on the child, and that was her instinct. So it was mm-hmm. kind of inspiring but haunting at the same time that she would do that without even thinking about it and i know this is a weird link to say <laughs> but it's uh, and obviously you're not when you're te- leading a teacher training you're not um sacrificing your life for someone <laughs> or are you you know <laughs> not all heroes wear capes uh, but um but t- t- a lesser version of that w- w- is to understand that you're not always in control you're not always right and um that you can go with your instincts go go instincts (laughs) (laughs) and within doubt just jump on someone (laughs) so uh that was a poor link but um the uh, but what i what i realized in the teacher training is that i can learn so much from other people Mm. and i i think when people see that you're open to learning more and you're like i never thought of that i'm gonna explore that a little bit more they feel it's more of an interactive experience yeah. and they, they can learn more as opposed to uh, the days for me, this is a, the days of everyone sits down for five, six hours, sit on the floor, listen to me and I'm going to read from the manual. I think that is not good enough. I think that is a lazy way of teaching. I think that the world is changing. Our minds are changing hundred years ago schools were invented to train people to work in factories to make them obedient so they can sit in a line on a production line specialize in one thing and just do that but nowadays we we're used to interacting online online or um, things that move a lot faster pace so when you're I find that if you're going to have someone in a room for six hours every half an hour 
every at least every hour they're standing up you're interacting you're trying to um you're gamifying the learning experience if needs be because that is the best way to help people to learn but it requires way more planning it's easy to just say this is the curriculum i'm going to i'm going to read out the curriculum and you make notes that's easy i knew i knew i could have done that mm. and it would have made my life a lot easier but i don't want it to be easier i want to actually create value you know yeah. and um I didn't realize how much preparation it would it would take, but I I want I wanted that you know mm. I got I wanted to be um, to put my own uh, stamp on it as as it were, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's the my, my I mean the yeah. Teacher- plus people that's how people grow. You give them the space um, oh. to think for themselves. You know, you just if you leave things blank, they'll paint on top of it you know <laughs> i don't know why i was going there. <laughs> I like but it's it. the same with like in anything it's the same with um in the like in my in my field field mm-hmm. um yeah you just give people the space to kind of grow reflect on themselves like if there's just nothing there they can bring their own thing they can think their own thoughts mm-hmm. they can if you just like throw out an idea and let them foster it or whatever mm-hmm. instead of just dictating because otherwise you're just increasing the memory really mm-hmm. um weren't you saying um and you can tell me to shut up if you want if this is like, too personal but weren't oh, you okay. saying about <laughs> you know, <laughs> that when you were doing your course there was two styles of teaching that went on one style was uh in terms of how the, the ideas were presented to you um yeah so i think there was just a mix of um personal stories Mm. um as well as you know divvying out information Mm -hmm. i suppose but i think it kind of went with uh like what the teacher was interested in so when i was doing say reflexology uh, it was like the actual reflexology was so colorful and the treatments learning the, the techniques um and the history and the meaning and all the different meridians it was all um it was really colorful and easy to like get involved but then when there was then when we were learning the actual physical anatomy it was obviously not the teacher's favorite point of, mm. um so it was a bit reading from the manual it was a bit boring T- two really good points there rach the first one is um people will feel if you're not into something mm. and that's why say with the curriculum for teacher training i have i'll I'll teach that make sure everything's covered but give my opinion this is what i think and it's open for debate because that way people see that you are more enthusiastic about it you know as opposed to just saying what is supposed to be said the other the other second point is personal stories i think that is huge i Mm. i realized that you can plan so much but often the the juicy stuff, the most engaged, <laughs> the most engaging stuff, is when you just think of it on the whim, mm-hmm. and you're telling a story of something that happened to you in the studio, or something that happened to you on a, um, I don't know, a workshop or a retreat. And the pe- you, you, I noticed people leaning in when I started mm. like just going off the cuff, yeah. because they realised it wasn't it wasn't rehearsed, yeah. and and people like to hear stories because they can relate to it then exactly. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, that, I feel that way. Mm. I feel stupid and silly and crappy sometimes or yeah. i i uh 
embarrass myself that way as well or you mm-hmm. know I learned that too or I can get on board with that you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. um it's how we like it's that's how we've always connected with each other you know we would have been around the campfires years ago mm-hmm. and then when we're kids it's like the first way that we learn how to um interact with others is through storytelling yes. you know our parents tell us nursery rhymes or stories or we watch disney movies um you know there's stories as well or mm-hmm. um fairy tales and stuff you know so and then we continue yeah. that as we go on so that's kind of in us yeah that's how we communicate i think it gets lost there because um sometimes we feel like we just need to um like for example c- covering a curriculum you feel like you need to stick with the 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 exact structure but it's important to add to add color mm. so people because um, there's only uh, as i said there's only so long people can sit for and just listen to but that is something that i learned this year is the power of listening because so many people if you even think just think about yourself mm-hmm. how much you want to talk <laughs> how much you Me? want no just in general <laughs> if you just think about yourself and you're like i have this idea i want to talk about it i want to think or sorry i want to talk i want to talk about it and discuss this with a lot of people and mm-hmm. sometimes it might be like really boring or um if there's nobody around you talk about it to yourself you always want to talk to express the thought mm-hmm. um and then like a lot of the time you don't really have the opportunity to talk about it you know like we're on our phones a lot these days or we're in work and you're not really supposed to talk or whatever it is um everything is kind of like short communication Mm -hmm. because it's like really texty or Mm. you know you just like send gifts and stuff instead of like even (laughs) replying when i'm texting my mom um she's like are you coming over for dinner she just like sends like a cartoon dog or something (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) but um i think listening is really important you know Mm -hmm. um since i started working um it with people for um treatments i'm like sometimes people come in and all they do is talk for the first 15 minutes 20 minutes and at the start i thought that this was mental because they're wasting their massage time <laughs> or they're ma- wasting their reflexology time but really that's what they need is mm. just a place to say this is what's going on with me and have somebody who's like okay you have this hour or two hours or whatever it is this window to do whatever you like i i'm i'm here to listen I'm here for whatever you need, you know. So that's kind of something that I didn't realize what, like, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you think, okay, that's obviously important. Um, and it's not something huge that uh, I learned this year, but it is something that you kind of take for granted and don't realize that you need as much as you do. Well, your job is a therapist and therefore it's not just the physical uh, mm. labor of massaging someone yeah. but actually taking the soft skills of mm. taking time to listen to them and sometimes when you f- have new knowledge like you've done a lot of studying last the, the last year and I'm always trying to upskill and learn new things I want to tell people that so if they come to me with a problem mm. like say their wrist hurts I want to tell 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 mm. instead of listen 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 mm. and th- that is and I, I, like you said, I consciously do that now. Um, but it is interesting the way someone has an hour for you. <laughs> no. You know, they paid for an hour and then they spend 15 minutes of it talking. Yeah. I know I get that now, but at the start it was very, 
I was like, what? Why would you? That's not. That's not what this space is for. And I guess as well, realizing that um, the space, like the space you had for pe- for people, doesn't have to be a fixed. I don't know, fixed thing, fixed. Doesn't have to be fixed. Doesn't have to be fixed. Sorry. Um. So like, when you go for lunch, it doesn't have to be just eating. When you're talking to this person, it doesn't have to be like it's not as regimented as you as you mm. think I suppose yeah well that because sometimes you kind of fall into that bracket of oh I'm with Kev so we're going to be all lovey-dovey and, and mm. chat or whatever talk about anything or I'm with you know my boss so I have to be a little bit more mm. hold it back we, we only talk about work stuff mm. or I'm with a client so we're only going to talk about this mm. you know or we're, maybe we won't talk or maybe you know as if a certain space or a certain person, you can only act a certain way. Yeah, that's so Whereas funny. Whereas you can use like transferable skills. Because mm-hmm. um, like, the, you know, sometimes you think in your head that a situation or a person requires a certain thing and then they might need something else, you mm-hmm. know? Your boss is still a human. Mm-hmm. They they still laugh at jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, your client is still a human. They're not there to just lay on the table while you work on their back muscles they might need a joke as well (laughs) (laughs) or whatever it is you know it's it's almost having an ability to improvise a little bit Mm. and be flexible to understand in that moment and get a sense of what does this person need from you as opposed to this is my pre-programmed dialogue and responses to this person in their in this frame yeah yeah, exactly exactly. yeah um and that is uh that's that. I think that's what separates someone who is um, a good massage therapist from a great one, or any or any oh, any <laughs> occupation, any <laughs> occupation where you're a therapist. You know, um, mm. but it actually, I think it transfers into almost everything because mm. you know, at the moment, well, I don't know if it's just at the moment, whatever. But there's this whole um, thing about the workplace, say, and you know it's not a safe place for emotion right so you can't it's not really a place where you would cry or laugh or whatever you just you have to act a certain way and you have to be a certain way mm-hmm. and i think it's because men our mental framework is okay in this situation i'm this person in that situation i'm this person and in this situation i talk like this so yeah. i think it's we need to get a little bit more fluid between everything so that we can be like okay i'm still me i'm authentic you know i think that's that's a great point i think that's why the transition between doing a nine to five to working for yourself in a a therapeutic field is quite difficult because when i worked in a nine to five um or corporate environment i was terrible at the corporate talk (laughs) and the monday morning Hello, Jeff. How was your weekend? Ah, <laughs> uh, rain again. Or, you know, um, how are the kids? And what about, I don't know, politicians? Or th- this, I'm rubbish at that. You know, yeah. I'm, my, my small talk is like, are you scared of dying alone? <laughs> like in but the it lift. doesn't mean that you're bad at the job. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't mean that you're bad at the nine to five. I was bad act- at that too. I got you. Okay. But, it but do, you know, just different personalities, you know, yeah. different. Yeah. But I, I, I'm saying is like to navigate that, the business world, I think sometimes that is the etiquette of the business world mm. to be like, right. I, I say this at the right mm. time. And I think that can, 
etiquette that's the word i was looking for the etiquette Sorry. yeah yeah <laughs> and, and whereas the etiquette in a, a yogic environment is one of being open-minded and being maybe a bit uh unorthodox or in, in your mm. in your thoughts um but actually <clears throat> weirdly enough i think with the yoga world or you know holistic world or you know treatment whatever that kind of area mm -hmm. it's actually the idea is that it's they're really open-minded or we're really open-minded or everybody is or whatever mm -hmm. but i don't think that we're actually that open-minded <laughs> i think that we're like completely the other way you know because it's like there's the nine to five uh obviously type job where it's called kind of like strict and regimented and you uh, people have certain opinions in a certain way and then the other the our yoga area is a bit like very left i suppose an unorthodox but if you had left as in left wing yeah but it's not actually as unusual it's more unusual if somebody was right but in the left or do you know what i'm saying like if somebody had kind of regimented traits mm -hmm. or uh, uh, mentality ideas but then they were in that yoga sphere mm -hmm. that would be a little bit more unusual but i think w we do need to have a bit more um acceptance because in the yoga circle there's a lot of accept you know a lot of talk of okay i'm going to be accepting i'm going to be patient i'm going to meditate but then at the same time if somebody has a, a different opinion to you it's not really accepted you know mm, that's a great point it, uh, and uh, and like we're, we're generalizing here for the sake of convenience saying that people in the corporate world are um which is actually terrible. straight laced, straight laced. <laughs> but I was in the corporate world for years, and I wasn't straight laced at all. And uh, I know those people that weren't. And equally, we're trying to is we're making giving the impression that people in the yoga world are all open minded, very tolerant, uh, very patient, um, and non judgmental. But the reality is, people are complicated, yeah. and discussions, conversations are messy, mm. and that the yoga world has become an industry. And that industry has people in it, for example, that their priority is to make money, which is fair enough. Other people, their priority is um, how virtuous they can be, mm -hmm. how how good can they seem. But I think as well, it's not like people have bad intentions. I think it's actually just a little bit of, like it's um, deceptive almost. It's stuff that you wouldn't really notice. It's stuff that you, on the, f like, on the, the like if you were to look at it you would see well that's clearly wrong or this is clearly right i don't know how to put this i don't feel like that people are trying to be like i'm not saying that people in the yoga world are actually all secret are all actually really close-minded or mm. this or that i just think that sometimes you feel like you can be you're open-minded but you actually can be dismissive of things without realizing. Yes, I suppose. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think. I don't think there's any bad no. intention or anything like that. I think people, uh, we as humans, have good intentions and our instinct is to survive. And we know that to survive, we need each other. And but sometimes when we need each other, we we form these little cultures. And within these little cultures, we get very tribal and we disregard other 
cultures we yeah, do. That's, yeah that's exactly it. and that's yeah. it and it's not because we have bad intentions it's because we're trying to do the best for us and people around us and sometimes we don't consider people with other opinions and that, that's or other tribes yeah I like this tribal thing <laughs> that's exactly that's, a, that's exactly it yeah. um, um, so that's um, so yeah again no it's true this is, this is good because I think this is important and I think this is why I would and I would say this but podcasting is so powerful because we every time I sit down in front of someone I learn something about them I never knew and when you're mm. recording each other in fact as you talked about earlier, we have our phones now all the time. We're checking our phones constantly. But when mm. we sit here for an hour and we just talk to each other, we explore ideas that we never would have before. I know. Even this now, like I'm with you all the time. And we never talk like <laughs> And this. we never talk like this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like serious or anything. It's just, I think this room with these headphones, like, I don't know, it kind of gives a space of, Oh, let's talk, you know, for an hour. Mm. Even though we do talk, it's just, this feels like, I don't know. It it's almost, bringing it out. It kind of feels like, you, we, for me, like I have more of a responsibility as well because people are spending their time to listen to this and therefore I should articulate my thoughts as best as I can and be as honest as I can. Mm. Um, whereas sometimes you'll say things to certain people because you think that's what they want to hear. Mm. Whereas this is a, a different format, different space um <laughs> so I, i'm gonna work through my year and then um you can chip in for you you, you know when you want and oh, yeah, do cheers. Your, no, that's, <laughs> on, um but um what so, else happened during the year so my my well i got my little thing i posted the other day list, my yeah. top nine and um teaching workshops so the it was the first time i led a teacher training also the first time I went outside of Dublin to teach workshops. If you're listening to this and you like to do that, a closed mouth don't get fed. In other words, ask. Go to If you want to teach a workshop in a studio that's outside your city that you're a guest, you want to be a guest teacher at, go to the studio. So for example, Greystones, I talk, I've taught now in Wicklow and in Sligo this year. Both occasions, I went down to the studio beforehand, went to a class, met the owner, spoke to the owner and said to them, I'm a teacher up in Dublin and I would, I'm, this is my workshop offerings. Do you think you'd need someone like me or this or what I offer? And they thankfully said yes. But it wasn't a case that they asked me. What did really help was they listened to the podcast already or they see me on Instagram already. So they're already familiar with me. I wasn't going in cold as it were. And then when I, the time came to go and teach the workshops again, obviously the cycle happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to teach the workshop. Brilliant. This is fantastic. I'm the bee's knees. Oh, I never said that. <laughs> I, <laughs> and uh, I, I thought, right, this is great. I promote it on social media. I'm giving it the big and here you can book in this many places left. Night before the workshop happens. Shit, I'm going to cancel the workshop. I can't. I, I'm not ready for this, whatever. Okay, that happens. I get there. And so many times I've been at, at, at workshops where Patrick Beach has been there, or Adam Husler or some other teacher from a different studio, a different country. And I'm like, oh, they're here. Oh, look at them. Look at what are they wearing? What, what's their water bottle like? 
Um, how do they carry themselves? How do they speak to the students in the room? Where do they put their mat? What music do they play? I'm observing everything about them. And then I walk in, I'm not comparing myself to those guys. I'm far from it. But now I'm in that position. I feel like I'm being watched, which, which is fair enough. And I'm like, I feel like such an imposter, imposter here. This, this doesn't feel like um, I better really deliver here. Do the workshop, everything. Once it starts, the nerves go away mm. and every, everything is good. So what did you learn? What did I learn? I learned that, uh, one, if you want something, you have to ask. Two, everything is about perception. If you perceive yourself not to be that person, you won't become it. If you think you're good enough, you will, but understand there's going to be resistance. And it's about can you get over that resistance or do you call the student up and go, look, I'm not ready. You'll never feel ready. You'll never feel ready doesn't mean you're not ready. That, yeah, I think that's true because I kind of like, I guess for me, I like things to be exactly right before I do anything, you know. I don't like risking things at all, like not a little bit. Um, I like to prepare and prepare, 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 prepare until you can't prepare anymore and then I'm like oh I've, I feel like I've already done it myself you know before you step in to do it but really you're never going to be ready for anything because you'll have never done it before <laughs> so there's no there's no uh, way to be like oh I'm ready now because no matter if you do it tomorrow or you do it in a year or in 10 years it'll still be your first time to do it you mm -hmm. know you're never ready for anything until you do it it's actually what I said to myself when we moved in together <laughs> did she? <laughs> the night like, before you were like, I no, like, I don't want to do this. I was like, no, because I say no for ages. I was like, even though we did move in really quickly, I was like, no, no, I'm definitely not ready for this. And then I was like, when will I ever feel ready? You know, I'm mm. such a homebird. I actually like couldn't stop crying and everything when I first moved in. I remember you were like, you don't have to live here. Sorry. Obviously I loved it. I just change and risks and sometimes it's good. This this year for me anyway was a year that I learned to just take risks because it, you're either go it's either gonna go one way or the other. Um they've all kind of they've all thankfully gone really well. But even if they go badly, you could just go back to the where you were, mm -hmm. you know, if it didn't work out. You can just say, okay, no, mm -hmm. I'll go try again. But, um, yeah, yeah. so that's a, that's a, you're never going to feel ready. No, you're never going to. And, and, and if you're not feeling nervous about some doing something, it, maybe it doesn't matter enough to you. And that's when you need to readdress it. Um, same applies for doing live podcasts. So I did one with Dan Morgan. Shout out to Dan. Love Dan. Uh, did this, did Love long, Dan. Did Patrick, Patrick <laughs> Beach and uh, heard of him. And um, and the, the Dan with Doug as well. Doug Robson. Shout out to Doug and Pat. Trick, we love him as well. Patrick, yeah, we love him too. <laughs> um, and because there's so much going on. Like, right, we're doing this, the podcast already. Mm. You know, you're recording. Is Which it? is actually a little bit intimidating, you know. And I actually, I live here. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm actually just you sleep um, downstairs. I sleep downstairs, <laughs> and I'm in this room all the time. We have a bath over there. <laughs> um, but it's just like there's all this technology, and yeah. you know you have to put on headphones. And yeah. it's stuff that you're just so, you're not familiar with it. Yeah. So there's all that the technology. So there's the stuff of like 
Is it recording? Is that what does that light mean? What does this mean? And you're mm. constantly so you're plus hi- you don't know the other person that well. Well, yeah. You, so you don't know the person. You're sitting down with them, and you're going to ask them questions that are quite personal in front of a bunch of people that have just arrived. Mm. Plus, everything you say is recorded forever, and will for, there's a record, permanent record <laughs> of it forever. You cannot take it back. So all of that is going on, and I was absolute bag of nerves for both for both of them. I mean, I was like trying to. Hi- Right? I didn't even know you were nervous. That's what yeah, people say like I didn't even nervous. But I was sitting on my hands at the start because I didn't know what to do with them and my hands were shaking so much. And uh then when I got into it a little bit, um I was all right. But once again, after it I was like, I'm gonna do so many more of these. <laughs> I'm gonna do so many more because this is this is what I really love about the podcasting thing is that to do like events where you get to meet people and as a, it's great when people leave reviews and or say nice things and then I message them back mm. but it's, it's kind of a bit sh- feels a bit empty you're like thank you very much but I don't get to see them mm. and then when they come to the event it it feels like that you're uh, facilitating uh, a little community you mm. know and um and that's what that's a big driver for me because I spend so much time I see you all the time um obviously but I spend so much time alone on my own mm. that I want to do whatever I can to bring more people together yeah and that's why I really love uh, retreats you know, workshops and a more immersive experiences where you're not just one hour of the day and then you don't see them again but you're there for a whole day or weekend together yeah exactly and you kind of you build relationships yeah you know more people that you never would have really met before and then they stay with you like the last retreat that you did with Elisa mm-hmm. um, in Wicklow like I still talk to some of the people on the retreat, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I never would have met them before. And now I'm going to the class, your classes, or I'm in Yoga Hub or wherever, and I bump into them, and it's oh hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, like constantly, mm-hmm. you just like you get great uh, friendships when things are immersive, you yes. know, when you do like workshops where there's brunch beforehand or something, or you go on the retreats and you spend like two or three days with a load of people mm. and everybody feels like oh at the start everybody's a bit like i'm excited but also where am i going to stay and who mm. are these people and <laughs> yeah. um and then suddenly you're like having dinner um as with a group of people that you don't know and you get to know or you're out lying on the grass in the sun chatting to people about whatever book they're reading or you know having a laugh while getting into the hot tub and mm. like yeah yeah, so, makes, yeah, I uh, think it's a good idea. Yeah, uh, and also as you mentioned there, you can go to yoga class, do the do your practice, go home, and mm. you might say, "Hey, how's it going?" And that's mm. nice, but to actually have a deeper level of connection where you spent a whole weekend with that person mm. a few months before that, and you can actually really chat to them, like, "How's yeah. your dog? How's your husband? How's your wife?" Mm. And it it, it really, I, I I don't I don't think we understand or we appreciate how. Um, even if you go around feeling happy, life can be quite lonely. You know, and also, life. yoga is fantastic. It's great. I love yeah. doing yoga. But it's really a personal journey. You know, when you practice yoga, when you go to a yoga class or you do it at home or whatever, it's all about how you're breathing, what, how matching your breathing to how you're moving. It's the same with treatments as well. It's all about you. How am I feeling right now? What do I need? Like, can I have patience here? You know, um, how am I feeling? What way is my ankle? What you know, all you're you're very much aware of yourself, mm. 
and you go in to yourself like mentally emotionally spiritually how what is going on with me and that's what the space is for and that's great and i think that's why like there's no talking when you go to a yoga class which is great i think because you're supposed to be going in yeah you know but then with if you go to something like a retreat you're going in in that space but there's more it's like there's that space is grown outwards mm. so you're going inwards during the classes during the meditations but also the space is there afterwards to connect with other people yep. you know in a really like relaxing comfortable you've escaped everything mm-hmm. there's nothing around that has to be done no stress and mm-hmm. um, so it kind of it, it's more of a place to grow yeah and and speaking of that um that was the, kind of the next highlight for me uh, this year was doing the retreat that's my first retreat with elisa who did a great job um shout out to elisa and what i realized in that retreat was although i meticulously planned the itinerary and asked elisa what her opinion was in it she added stuff in and you know she put she uh, added stuff in and whatever mm. when the actual retreat started i realized that again I can't control everything. And I actually took a back seat. So it was the retreaters or the people, the guests were saying to me, Kev, we got, we're doing this at two o'clock. And I'd be like, oh yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I actually wrote the itinerary initially. And, but I, I kind of just thought, actually it's better for me just to take a back seat and let people, and give people a bit of free time. Mm. Um, because, you know, this year, me and you, uh, me and Rachel are doing uh, retreats together. And what I've realized is quite important is to not be too strict with the schedule to mm. not not pack everything in because we have enough of a schedule in our daily life that uh, the idea behind a retreat is to get away and to say to people you can come to this if you like or maybe you want to have a bit of free time to yourself and to give people mm. that space and i think the main thing with the retreat is just letting people have time together out of their normal routine mm. Mm. and yeah, uh, to right. do things that they wouldn't normally do they wouldn't think of booking for themselves. So if they go out for, have a nice massage, you think afterwards they'll probably think, I would never have done that myself. Mm. I would have thought, no, I'm going to do a bit of work or mm. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. And um, to, to, to break that routine. Um, yeah, the other, the other thing, that other kind of what happened then to me in, in after the retreat in September was uh, I started working at a space between. And um, Oh my God, it's so nice there. It is, That's yeah. like the nicest studio ever. <laughs> they have like heated floors. Like you're in your bare feet, obviously for yoga, and you're walking around on heated floors. Oh my god, the mm. walls move. Like <laughs> oh my god, it's just oh, it's, oh, it's such a nice studio. <laughs> it it is it is the little nice. cafe with oh my god that drink, mm. like mm. chocolate elixir elixir yeah. mushroom thing. Yeah, it sounds disgusting, but it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And again, again, I really love that studio. Um, great studio. Uh, it's custom built. They're going, they're doing loads of stuff there. I mean, I've been to, obviously, I'm a teacher there, but they do talks there, like union union talks, which I've been to a few of them now. And, but how did that happen? I seen that it was a building site. <laughs> I said, I, I there's a building site going on, on uh, Fenian Street. This is what eight months ago, and I said, I, I said, what are you guys building? Now. Most people don't do that. They don't stop a bunch of builders and say, what are you building? We just walk past and just don't take notice. We open, oh, we're building a yoga studio. Oh, hello. 
hello. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I've Googled the space between uh, on um, Fenian Street. Nothing came up. The only thing that came up was a LinkedIn page, I think, for the, the owner, one of the owners, Dave. Pretty sure that's what came up. So I messaged him on LinkedIn. And who the hell uses LinkedIn? Not in the yoga world anyway. Eventually, he got back to me. And I just networked, networked until I got the phone number of the other manager, Jill, went to meet them and essentially uh, that was it. I went to meet them, put my best foot forward, told them when I was available, what I wanted to do. And at this stage, I'm... I didn't know they did this. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, because sometimes you, you 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 don't want to give the impression that you're going around begging constantly, <laughs> negotiating for work. But it's it's been effect effective and it's given me the the best things that have come to me have come because i've asked yeah um and uh, we we'd like to think sometimes i would like to think that people would just offer me work but it does life doesn't work like that generally apart from the, the teacher training um yeah but even at that you know you're working there for a good while working there for a good while they're seeing that you're um doing well with your classes and stuff you know yeah they know you yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the and the space between and and since I I've uh, started working there, I've realised how the need there's such a need in Dublin now for people to come together, not just to do yoga as in the physical postures, but to actually go to look at some art or go to a talk about philosophy, something that's not involving the mm. pub. Even though the pub is great, mm. um, there's there is a hunger, a need for people to be together. Like mm -hmm. when we did that sound bath the other night. We went to the sound bath, it was great. But essentially, it's, we're all lying down on the floor and uh, someone's hitting a bong. If you think of it, just the basic, um, you know, without going into the details and the skill of it. So if you look at that from the outside, it's like, what are all these people doing? Lying on the floor, uh, having um, uh, a bowl being hit next to them. It's. I think we want an excuse to not have to be on our phone, to not be looking at netflix but i think it comes back to you know you're talking about the tribe thing you know like we're like naturally we all want to join a like create a culture around like create a group um with similar culture a tribe um and then in order for that to grow you need to do things in common with mm -hmm. your tribe you know mm -hmm. you need to go and go to sound baths or go to have coffee at happy food in the yoga hub or something you know mm. where there's like people are doing something similar go on like take pictures go on instagram follow sa similar people find out what they're doing for like beach cold water uh, jump-ins or whatever they're yes called. yes you know like joining groups that um are similar to yours mm -hmm. you know and creating that sense of I have my own tribe. Mm -hmm. People say that like a good bit now. Tribe. Oh my God, my tribe. Yeah, yeah they do, but it's um, it's an innate human need. And as you said, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And mm -hmm. people, we want to feel like we have things in common and uh, and that we have a certain... That's a culture. Mm. That is a culture that you, you're creating. Um, so after that, what did was Alfie. Love Take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> he's asleep downstairs, and that's amazing. Yeah, he's asleep downstairs because so <laughs> he's normally in a case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So if you're not aware, 
drive. Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't not be because all we do is post pictures of Alvi. We've turned into that couple. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I, I even become that guy who's created an Instagram account for Alfie, which is a bit shameful. But um, what would you say, Rach, has well, the thing learned about, about having Alfie? Oh, so much, so much. He's like the biggest thing. He, by the way, he's a dog, just in case people don't know. We have a dog <laughs> called Alfie, a puppy who's four months old now. Um, we got him about we're t- six weeks ago. We were ago. talking about him for ages, like whether we should get a dog, you know, him and Han. It was kind of on the back of our minds. And then we did get a puppy. And I thought, like, I never had a dog before. Did and we I, get a puppy or did I get a puppy for you? I don't know. Um, I never, yeah, no, I never had a puppy before, a dog. And I just saw, like, when you get a dog, they're just going to cuddle with you on the couch. <laughs> you go out for a walk once a day with them. Oh, great, I'll be getting outside more, you know. That's like the extent of what I thought about. Might have to go out a couple of times a day to let them go to the toilet. Um, but then, oh my God, the first, like when you, f- like he's great now, but when we first got him, he was a nightmare. Mm. He was so difficult. Um, once we weren't sleeping, it's all. It's, it's oh, it was, constantly. it was so difficult. Um, because he was whining all through the night. We didn't know what to do. Like when you don't know, we never had a dog before. You don't know what the best route is. So obviously we just Googled, what do you do with a dog? Like what, where, how often should you feed him? Where should, where should he sleep? How should you mind him? All this kind of stuff. And all the advice we got was make sure he's not in your room, not in your bed, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Keep him in the other room. But then we put him in the other room and he was just whining and crying and oh, it broke your heart. For, mm-hmm. oh. And then, um, so we got no sleep. Um, his bladder was really bad. <laughs> he needed to go to the toilet like every half an hour or something, every mm. 20 minutes. We don't have a garden. So we have we live in an apartment, essentially. So we have to physically go downstairs to take him out to the green in front of the house. Oh, my God. It just felt like hour. every 10 minutes we were just cleaning up. Yeah. Wee and poo. And, and he, he has got better. But if I just give the last 24 hours... Last night I went out to teach, came home, poo, big, loads of poo in the front room. Okay, sorry, there's going to be a uh, poo trigger warning, by the way, if you're offended by poo. Uh, <laughs> or poop, they say in America. And I'm like, right, I got home, I want to cook my dinner, but I've got to clean up all this poo. So I cleaned up loads of poo, cleaned up a massive wee, did that, started to cook my dinner. So as soon as I eat, I'm going to take him out for a walk. As I was cooking the dinner, I thought I'd better take him out quickly now. I took him out to go for a wee and a poo. He, he went for a wee. And then um, five it's minutes. Very detailed. So five minutes later, I brought him back in, and then as I was cooking dinner, he had another poo. I had to clean that up again. And then this morning, I, w- I got woken up at two thirty in the morning. I went to bed at like eleven thirty. I got woke up at two thirty because he was scratched on the door. I woke up. He had had a poo. Had to clean that up. And then from two thirty this morning until seven a.m., I was on the couch with Alfie, basically looking after him because he he couldn't settle down. So he has that, but that's he has got better. Mm. But that is that is going to happen, mm. and I think that um, my what I've learned most from Alfie is not actually about having a dog, but it's more so about our relationship. Mm. And that once upon a time, you know, we'd be messing each other, sweet nothings about. <laughs> I'll see you later, gorgeous, all this kind of stuff, and. Um, 
<laughs> now, now, and we still have that that side of us, but now it's more uh, we've we have that, and we've developed a partnership. I would say. Yeah. Now we um, message each other when he's gone to the toilet, so we <laughs> know when to bring him out the next time because we're still training him. Yeah, there's, or, a, there's a whole system of like <laughs> different them, emojis, put, different emojis, basically. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it has. It's kind of taught us a lot about well, me anyway, about routine. And how sometimes you don't realise, but you're in a routine and you're comfortable. Um, and then you get a puppy and suddenly the routine is gone. Mm. Your sleep pattern is like all over the place. You have to uh, schedule things so that you're not leaving him alone for too long. Um, making sure that he gets his walk, even though you've already done a lot of exercise or you've been out for the day and you want to wind down. Um, yeah, it's kind of... And thing like, you can't really schedule it in as as much as as not with a puppy anyway maybe when he's older it might be a bit easier but at the moment you kind of have to go with the flow a lot Mm. like you might want to do something but he's wired so um it's probably not the best time to do yoga because he'll be scratching at the door you Mm -hmm. know you might have to do bring him out for a run first and let him relax Mm. or do this or that or you just kind of it used to be a case because it was just the two of us um you could kind of do whatever you wanted, um, especially because we work like part time, li- like little hours, like teaching and doing treatments. Everything it can be kind of molded around whatever we want to do, essentially. Mm. And then when we got Alfie, it was all right. He kind of dictates a lot of stuff now that we weren't used to. Mm. Um, so it kind of, I didn't realize how. Um, stuck on my routine I was until mm. we got Alfie and then uh, you, you just obsess oh I didn't get enough sleep oh um, I didn't go to sleep at this time and I woke up at this time oh, or yeah. oh I didn't do my yoga this morning because um, Alfie needed to be brought on a walk and then I had to go to work or mm. this you know things that's, how, that's how it works now though because we'll, we'll say it must be very difficult with a baby yeah whereas every, every morning <laughs> every morning me and Rachel do yoga together and we have a little room we do yoga and, and now Rachel does her massage treatments in that room and that was the de- dedicated room for that but now we I'll say okay I'm going to do some yoga and Rachel will take the dog out for a walk and then she'll bring the uh, Alfie back and she'll do some yoga and I'll take the dog for a walk or we'll, we'll basically teamwork like that mm. and uh and to understand that your your needs don't come first, you've got to look after this animal, <laughs> and he's an animal. <laughs> but um, but it's good because it's it you become a lot less selfish. Yeah, that's true. Basically, which true. which is it? And also, our relationship has grown a lot because we're kind of like we've had we have Alfie, and um, it's a lot of responsibility, you know. Hmm. Um, a lot more than I thought it would be, and it re it he does really affect your relationship, um, and also when we did get him at the start, we were getting like how work done on the house, um, at the same time, so there was like nails and bits of stuff everywhere, and then we'd have no more. It was house a bath. Flooded. We were getting a bath. The house flooded. The it was a nightmare. <laughs> we had no washing machine or no water some days or. Um, no heating. No, no heating. heating in, this is in November. Yeah. End was, of November. Yeah. And then with Alfie, like, chewing on everything, biting everything, you couldn't leave anything down. You still can't, but yeah. it was worse then because we were getting house stuff done. Yeah. Um, it was, like, make or break for us, I think, 
at that point. Like there was loads of stuff going on. Um, lots of stressful stuff. Stressful stuff. But um, we were fine. Mm-hmm. We were, like we grew. I think we got our relationship got a lot better since then. And then also, like parallel to that, we decided to work together and do stuff together. So our relationship has um, kind of taken that on as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just before this kind of patch. It was all we didn't work together. We lived together, but and it was just the two of us. So when we were together, we were like watching documentaries or something uh, or we were going out for dinner or you know we were just having a laugh together and everything was just real kind of romantic-y I suppose and fun and now we've still we've still got the fun stuff but we're now gonna work together plan things together mm. look after Alfie together you know mm-hmm. it's, we've kind of taken on a bit of more of a serious mm-hmm. element I guess yeah absolutely um but you know that's that's um, that, that I think that's important for growth. I mean, I was when I was single, I would be I was very selfish, and I would say, no, I want my eight hours, eight hours sleep, and I have to be in bed at this time, get up at that time, do this my routine in the morning, etc. I did had all of that, but I was lonely, and now I have loads of love in my life, but I have to be, but I'm the sacrifices. I can't have things my own way. But that's that, but it's better because it's more fulfilling because you, you know, you 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 have more love, which mm. is like, what's more important in life than that? Yeah, you know. Um, so the next because if everything was regimented, we'd just be robots, wouldn't we? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't do well. No, it's no way to live. Um, yeah. So the next that the coming towards the end of the year for me, then um, the next kind of big highlight was starting to film these podcasts. And as you can, as you said, it's a it's a lot going on. The people it. can't see the room too well. It's got like the mm. sort of DJ box equipment on the table. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it reminds me of. Yeah. It's like a, what you'd see in a nightclub. Yeah, There's exactly. so much tech going on. Yeah, it's. Um, because I realized I'm going all in with this and because uh, I love podcasts and I consume them all the time and they've really helped me in my life. And I, I just love me, me the, I love the whole process. I love everything from like sitting with the person to creating the artwork to um, sharing it and then getting the feedback. And I just love it. And then now the live events um, and it's just going to grow and grow and grow. So I I be made a massive investment. I mean, I spent I got three cameras there, grand each. This is this machine is uh, the guts of a grand. It's like four grand. Um, and so, but as I said, like you do something because you love it. I mean, I love doing this. That's what you learned. Yeah, do something because you love it. Do something because you love it. I don't need to justify it um too much i mean when you're spending that much money at the start you're like do i really you know mm. I mean, it's gonna be a waste of time do people really care but ultimately i think <laughs> <people> really <care? laughs> yeah, ultimately like yeah, i think if you really love something eventually you'll f- find your tribe as it were mm. and you don't need to you don't need a million people to to um to like you but mm. what you do need is and it's okay for some people to not like you but if you have enough people to care enough then um that, that's all you that's all you need really uh, uh, kevin kelly calls it as uh, i think i didn't share that article with you but i will um a thousand true fans 
and it's become his um and i use the word fans loosely but that's the word he used but basically a thousand people that that like what you do that are interested in what you do that you give value to and therefore those people will maybe come to your retreats maybe come to your workshops come to your events and to understand that you don't need to have a hundred thousand instagram followers you know you just need enough for you to enough to care for what you do mm. so yeah the video in has been uh, a game changer for me and i really i really love because i like to see the people when i listen to a podcast i like to look watch little clips and see what does the person look like how do they interact and all that um so and i've you know thankfully i've had some brilliant guests on so far no, Mark and, and also it's actually a little bit unfair because you just did who's the best guest of 2019 and I wasn't in it um, because <laughs> well, I'm, gonna, I'm in it now and you're gonna be 2020 I, I think you should like people should secretly vote for me <laughs> even though it's one is too late and two this is gonna be out in, this is gonna be this is gonna be out in 2020 oh so technically <laughs> so vote for me next year people <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so um but yeah exactly it's and I, i've been lucky enough to have really great guests and uh it always amazes me when i ask again uh people uh, come on this podcast i ask them i say hello my name's kevin i have this podcast i like xyz what you do would you like to come on and that's how that's how it comes about um any person uh, that couple have actually asked to come on and they've uh, ended up being brilliant as well but 95 percent of people i've i've asked um so yeah more video I, i'm gonna be videoing the live events as well um the next one is in can be valentine's day which is the jenny Keane special we're doing yoga but it's gonna be videoed as well so we'll see, see how that goes but um by the way um because this is going to be out early jan this valentine's day event is not like a networking or what would you call it a matchmaking event it's um we're going to do some like fun little games but it's not uh, a cut like what do you call it a singles night Mm. it's not a singles night basically so most people in dublin are single anyway so are they i would say so where'd you get that from just made that, i just made that up <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there's a lot of single people anyway so um, in the world come along if you're single if you're in a couple or if you're in a group that's what i would say um in a group eh? in a group easy now tiger <laughs> uh and now to, the last thing that happened at the end of this year christmas time was we planned a retreat together yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um It's actually funny, you know you're talking about um when you do the workshops and you're like, Woohoo, I got this workshop and then the night before you're like, Oh my god, what? And the whole every single thing that you talk about is just like you're going up the roller coaster, you know, where you're like, Oh my god, I why did I do this? you know, and then you get to the top and you're like and then you come down and you're like, woo, I can't wait to go on this roller coaster a million times <laughs> yeah, or whatever. That's a good analogy. It's kind of like that for me for most things as well this year. Like I said, the first six months I was like, I was working, I was comfortable. Um, I was studying part time, different things and kind of not like fully invested in what I wanted to do. Just like doing bits and pieces here and there. Um. And then the second half of the year, I changed and I said, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to go fully in and do this um, work as a therapist, um, which has been fantastic. But there's been just nonstop. Oh, I'm afraid to go for this interview. I, I'm afraid f of my first pregnancy massage. Mm -hmm. um, I'm afraid of the, the first this, the first that. And now it's like getting even more because... 
the, our first retreat we're going to do workshops all these things it's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very exciting but very scary as well at the same time what have you learned then would you say what have I learned is that it gets easier as you go so the nerves like you're that's kind of like at the very start when you're talking about the class and when you take a break from it when you go back you're feeling like oh god what do i have to offer i'm an imposter even though you've been doing it for years teaching yoga um it's the same feeling of if you just do it more and more often you'll kind of get used to the to the feeling you get used to asking for things you get used to your firsts because if you're constantly growing and going through your firsts again and again and again mm. it's it'll be kind of routine to mm. have a first every time you know mm. but what's interesting i think with your experience rich is that when we first started going out before christmas i took a picture of you and it, for a while it was your instagram um, profile picture it's one where you have really long hair and you're kind of turned away from the camera and I remember then you were like very camera shy. You know, you didn't like to, your picture being taken because you were actually turning away as I was taking it. It wasn't set up like that. Mm. And now you have a blog that you do every week. Oh, yeah. You have pictures that you put, post up of yourself reg- quite regularly. And you're fully out there. You're fully out there in that respect. Mm. And now you're sitting here doing a podcast. I know. And that's in less than a year. Mm. It's in, that's in six months really mm. yeah I didn't I don't like taking photographs I don't like um, sharing things I think it's because really I'm just very shy as a person um, like uh, the blogs so I would have journaled since I was a kid you know when you're small well you don't know because you're a man <laughs> well maybe you I do was know small no 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 I mean about diaries and stuff you know why wouldn't a man have a diary I'm just saying did you have a diary no well there, there <laughs> you go it's just uh, obviously boys can have journals but um, I had a football sticker book doesn't care what's that <laughs> but um, you know when you're when you're small when you're a little girl or a child whatever be politically correct go on <laughs> um, you get like Barbie journals and diaries and you're writing down your memories and your best friends and what you did that day and I've like kept that up for years and now it's, it's kind of a, a trend now to journal it's like one of the self-care tips is to try journaling or if you're anxious or anything just try journal- journaling and I've always done that I've always journaled um because I like to know what's going on in my head it helps um and it also shows me what I'm thinking, what has happened to me today. It's good for reflection. It's good for loads of things. But the blogs are kind of like that. Mm. Um, just a shared version. You mm. know, me um, showing people what my thoughts are. And an, I never would have done that before because I'm private. It kind of goes back to the risk-taking thing. Um, I like to only do things when I feel fully confident that they're going to work out. I don't... I like to... Um, I like to only tell people my goals when I've done them, you know. I, I like to share my accomplishments, not my hopes, because, yeah, like I have this fear, I suppose, of failing. I think maybe a lot of people have that as well. Um, and then I didn't like taking pictures because I don't like, I don't really like things to be set in stone either. I don't like to be like, this is me, 
here at this moment this is what I am this is what I represent that's what I, f- I felt like if I started a blog it would be forever you know you're talking about this podcast it's never going to be deleted um, and it was the same with the blog for years I wanted to start a blog and I thought I've loads of thoughts um, I'm always writing stuff um, I'm okay at writing um, I'd love to do a blog I'd love to feel like I've um, accomplished something you know concrete with what I do normally like what a, hob- a hobby that I have but at the same time I thought it's going it's going to be too set in stone my ideas are going to be set in stone and I won't have uh, the possibility to change later on because that will be my idea then I like I think it's a bit of a, a problem with perfectionism because I want things to always be right to be static to be you know this is what I represent and if in a couple of years I change my mind Mm. I can't go back and I also don't like when things aren't perfectly finished I I and I I guess there's kind of a nervousness of expressing myself um and my thoughts being challenged um or pictures of myself and people thinking like oh she because when I I only joined Instagram recently and I always thought that's like it's really vain to take pictures it's like really bizarre I'm like I naturally I'm not very uh you know I'm gonna wear makeup and short skirts or and that's what that kind of reminds me of that I kind of equated the two Mm. I thought this Instagram is for flashy people people who want to be like look what I'm eating look what I'm doing I show offy people Look what look what I'm wearing. Look who I'm playing with, or whatever. Mm. Um, and I just get I guess built it up in my head, and then, but then I joined, and then I started the blog, and I did these things, and I realized that it wasn't as big as I thought. You know, it th- things aren't as important as you think they are. You know, <laughs> so yeah, when you build things up in your head, and you think, well, I'm not going to be the best blogger ever. Or I'm not going to look that great on Instagram. Or what if this isn't perfect or that's not right? Or what if I change my mind? And then you do it and you realise like, so what? So what (laughs) if I change my mind? That's the whole idea is that we're not a a portrait, you know? We're ever growing, we're ever changing. And I guess that is actually a really big lesson for me this year is that we aren't perfect and we shouldn't be and that we're always going to grow. Whereas before I thought... I'm going to share things when they're perfect, Mm. when I've finished, Mm -hmm. when I've done. Like, I didn't tell people that I was going to go. I didn't tell anybody that I was doing massage until I'd done it. I didn't tell people, I didn't even tell my mom that I was moving in with you until like a couple of days before. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't like to say this is what I like. This is what I want until it's set in stone in Mm. case I flop. Or I don't want to share a, a blog idea in case someone says, no, that's not what I feel. That's not right. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to go back and go, oh, actually, I don't really agree with that anymore. But then that's human nature, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To just to, to grow, to change, to evolve. And I kind of now I look forward to it. I like kind of like the idea of continuing Instagram and in a couple of years looking back and being like, oh, I had this style back then. I had that idea back then on this blog. But now I find this is more helpful. All you can do is share what you know Mm -hmm. to be true at the time. Hopefully someone resonates with it. Somebody connects with it. Um, 
and that's like you do it yourself like I would read load of load I would read a lot of blogs or um flick on Instagram um to try and connect with people you know to see what are what are people doing yeah I, I you know when people put an opinion up or share a meme or if people write a blog on a topic that's how you le- that's how you learn you connect mm-hmm. to that and you say yeah and it's the same with you like you're always listening to podcasts but I'm sure at the start when you were beginning your podcast you were thinking you know what do I have to offer here mm-hmm. this is kind of scary because these conversations are unedited and um, I can't change what what if I say something and then later on I think mm. you know well, do, do you have an to, uh, element to that yeah absolutely and two point points there one is perfect- I talked for a long time there. No, that, <laughs> well this is this is this is I was actually, funny you say that, because I was listening to um, this person that is analysis of the Joe Rogan podcast, which I'm, like, he's my, I'm a big fan of him. He's my main inspiration. And one of the things they, they noted was that one of his guests was telling a story and the story lasted for 15 minutes and Joe didn't interrupt. And that is the huge difference. Whereas now we get so used to like, uh, what do you think in these like mo- these chat shows like Graham Norton everyone's interrupting everyone and mm. you know we want this kind of like little snippets of snippets um, yeah snippets of like <laughs> commu- of, uh, little jokes and um, or things you can put up on like a, a 10 second gif whatever but to actually let someone talk is really important anyway but so yeah. and actually I am not used to it so that's why there's so many M's and because uh, I'm used to somebody interrupting me and I think that comes with um having a big family I think a lot of people in Ireland (laughs) like have that I was talking to someone about this recently that in my family like I've got three siblings and my parents and we were in a little house and we were so close my cousins would come over all the time there's so many different family events you're always around like a bunch of people like stuffed into one kitchen and there's like 30 people there Um, the kids are running around somebody's talking about something everybody's like jumping in over Mm. everybody else and then you grow up with that as your baseline. Even in school, like your kids interrupt each other, mm-hmm. they half listen. Um, and then when you get older, suddenly people are so civilized. Well, I found people are just a lot more attentive and they listen a lot more. And suddenly I'm it's like, hard to adjust. oh my God, I don't even know how to have a conversation with someone because I'm not used to having like a long form mm-hmm. um, amount of dialogue. But I. D- I think that interrupting can sometimes be good. I mean, do interrupt if it's natural to interrupt. If you have, a, if you want a better word, is interject. If you have a point you want to add in, because mm. that's how ideas get mm. formed. Plus, it's also how you know that you're making a decent point. You know, if somebody's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," exactly. or "I see what you're saying," and then yeah. you kind of get a little bit of like, "Oh, they get it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so gonna keep going. When, when I did the introduction to this podcast, episode zero, I did it. And then I went back and edited out all the ums, and I had two versions of it. Oh, did you? I was going to put the publish the version where, where I take out my uh, every time I say um, or so was the word I used a lot. Right, I go so, and then I preface my sentence. And what I decided to do is I said no, I'm going to start as I mean to go on, and I'm not going to edit anything out. So these mm-hmm. these are um, now I will say I have to be completely honest. I had one guest that was on once who wanted me to edit out stuff constantly and I did out of respect for them but now this was this is at the very very start obviously I won't say it was 
But now I say to the guests beforehand, this is not an interview. This is not scripted. I have ideas I want to share, thrash out with you. And this is completely unedited. Mm. So if you say something, it's not going to be taken out. Now, if it was a case of they said, I really didn't happy with that, we could do the podcast again. Right. But what I, I want to move away from is to keep it as natural and open as possible. So two things there, Rach, as you were saying. First is perfect, perfection is the killer of productivity. Mm-hmm. Forget about being perfect. Is it good enough? Is it going to add some value? It's not going to maybe knock people's socks off, but you don't have to hit out the park all the time. The second point is... <laughs> See that all the time. Yeah. The second point uh. is... What's the second point? Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so the first one was to... That perfectionism. No, perfe- perfectionism. And the second point was... What's the second point you made? What were you talking about just a second ago? I was saying that I didn't want to, sh- to share because I was private. You're private. Private, yeah. I was afraid of failure. Was it with that? Yeah. Um, I, I actually afraid of being vulnerable. You know, it's very... It's kind of scary to mm. go from... I suppose, like, people kind of ease themselves in. Yeah. But um, I was very much like, that is not my world. And I guess, I think a bit of me actually was a bit, what do you call it? Uh, something seeking, signaling. Virtue signaling? Yeah, I think I was I was a bit like that. I was a bit like, oh, look at those people over there. Um, yeah. Taking pictures, they're vain, they're this, they're that. And then I realised that people were just living and sharing yeah. and... Yeah. trying to be creative or you, have a laugh or whatever. You can make, you can make a big thing, deal out of things in your head. I mean, put it this way. If you're listening to Rach and you're thinking, I'm in a situation like her, I'd like to do a blog, but I'm too shy, or I don't want to take photographs of myself, all of that stuff. Rachel's first client, her first private client that came to the house, she asked her, where, or I think you may have asked her, where did you hear about me? She Googled her, Googled Massage Glass Nevin or Massage Dublin, Rachel came up because Rachel's been uh, looking at SEO on Google and making, you know, by doing blogs, you, your SEO, which mm. is your search, your how high you get ranked on Google goes up when you do a lot of content. So once she found her easy enough because Rachel's producing content, and then the second thing she does, as soon as she found her, was she checked her Instagram. Instagram was active, nice pictures, um, looked relevant, tastefully done. That was it. That was enough for the client. And this is the thing. You can be great at doing whatever you're doing and you may have the best intentions. You want to want to do it, but you have to, one, create content. Content is king in order to be found. Mm. People, the most common way for people to find people now is either through Google or sometimes on, on YouTube. You know, mm. they find that massage things and, and the two, they're owned by the same company. They're both owned by Google. And the second thing is if you want to find out about, so once you find them, if you want to find out about them, Facebook's okay. But really, or Google or Instagram or Facebook, and that is the reason why I think if you don't um, put stuff on Instagram, it doesn't have to be perfect, then you're really um, you're doing yourself a disservice. Plus, also, like not to sound too cheesy, but <laughs> but we're all pretty amazing. You know, it's oh, actually no, no. Get shut out. up, shut up. We are all amazing, really. Like it's actually a bit of a miracle that we are alive, <laughs> and we all have stuff to offer. Like we really do. We all have stuff to help others, to share knowledge, our own experiences, because nobody's experienced what you've experienced, really. Mm. Um, and you can be selfish and keep it to yourself, 
or you can share it and be vulnerable and be like here this is what I've experienced this is what I've learned this is some of me like you know tear it to pieces if you want or take some of the gems out of it you know give me what you've learned and then we'll all grow you mm-hmm. know because otherwise you're just keeping it to yourself you're mm-hmm. not growing you're not being vulnerable you're not because the thing about vulnerability is it's all just really in your mind you know and um, making things bigger than what they seem being afraid to show your who you are it's all just in your mind people they want people aren't going to um you know the, you, like it's all basically um it always turns out okay <laughs> it's all gonna be okay it's all gonna be okay everyone all right 2020 is gonna be okay that's that's just what i've learned yeah. that's how you grow you just put yourself out there and then you learn from the experiences if you just stay safe all the time you're not gonna grow anywhere you just you're gonna stay in the job that you don't really like you're gonna stay in the relationship you don't really like you know everything that you're not gonna show anybody who you are you're not going to learn what you like what you need mm. you know yeah. unless you do something scary and that was great rage any final thoughts because we've left alfie an hour and a half on his own downstairs he's been sleeping but any final thoughts no <laughs> <laughs> um, happy new year you know what Rach? <laughs> uh, happy new year tt and i'm looking forward to 2020 all right okay. but I want something to look forward to. <laughs> what do you mean? You like a to... retreat or something. Where can... <laughs> oh my God. Where can I go? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Are you doing an ad? <laughs> no, I'm doing an ad. No, no uh, we're not doing an ad. But if you would like to go on retreat, uh, then me, myself and Rach are doing one. Rach is red now. And uh, we're doing one in Ardnahu, which is in... Leitrim. I thought you were going to say, I heard nowhere. Uh, no, I've got a joke already. Uh, which is in Leitrim. And we're going to be offering massage, which Rachel will Well, uh, Rachel will be Yeah, so yeah, holistic treatments. Because they have their own treatment room there. Mm. And, um, and it's really nice to have some special beds, which mm. sound fancy. And I will obviously be doing the massage. Oh, no, not the massage. <laughs> Sorry. I, won't, I will not be massaging you. Don't worry. So don't let that put you off. I will not be massaging you. Um, I'll be teaching yoga. And we're going to be doing hikes. We're going to be, uh, they have a couple of chefs down there to do nice food. They've got this like really cool, like, I don't know what you would call it. It's a, a room made out of wood, a shed type thing. A fancy look. Cool. Like, Give it a fancy name than a shed, please. I don't know what the word is. But inside they, ha- inside they have um, like a wood burning fire. Oh, yeah. It's really cozy for like hot chocolate or tea or whatever mm. during the night. Looks really nice. That's my favorite part. Yeah, it does it, look nice. It, what would you call that room? They call it the indoor fire pit. Oh. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what you call <laughs> it. Sounds fancy. Yeah, uh, but they have in, in infrared saunas there, outdoor hot tubs as well, like not really nice hot tubs. The and grounds it, are fantastic. The gardens look unbelievable. Yeah. And the yoga room is all glass around that you're looking out onto the beautiful garden mm, yeah so if you would like to go to that we're doing an early bird offer until january 31st which is uh, 399 and then you can get treatments on top of that um and that's happening we're going there april 13th to the 15th so so friday uh, friday and saturday night come the back third to the fifth third to the fifth that's correct 
Uh, yeah. So don't book off the 13th to the 15th. Yeah, forget that. Thanks for the 5th. <laughs> Thank you, Rach. Um, Rach, that's it. Hour and a half. Oh, I'm <laughs> tired now. <laughs> so much talking. Yeah. Uh, right. Great. Th- thanks for listening. Thanks, people. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thank you for listening. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. Maybe leave a review on iTunes or click the link in my show notes to support it financially. That would be fantastic. Um, Yeah, so that is it from me. Uh, As you know, myself and Rach, we've got a retreat coming up, as I mentioned. And if you'd like to come to that, you've got any questions, give us a shout. All information can be found on kevinboyyoga.ie. This is the start of 2020. I've got loads of cool, interesting guests lined up and I'm looking forward to sharing their stories with you this year. Okay, well, Happy New Year and I'll catch up with you next week.